0: Hey, 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 hey. Friday, October 27th. And you're listening to the Freedom Friday Hour. Alternative commentary and narrative on society, pop culture, politics, education, religion, whatever comes to our little pea brains. It's an alternative commentary because you know what the Bible Says that God laughs at these knuckleheads, these uh, vainglorious, empty people who say, Oh, he doesn't exist. There is no God. We are God. And he laughs at him. He mocks at him because, uh, Hey, there is God. And history will end. And there is an eternity. Hey, he doesn't want anybody to perish. I don't want them to perish either. But if they choose to be this way, I'm going to laugh at them. Because they're choosing to be this way. You don't just wake up one day and go, hey, I reject truth. Totally. Come on. Come on. We all have, we all have been there. We all have chances. We've all been kicked in the face. Told what truth's all about. Come on. Give me a break. Listen, Back in 1975, a song was released by Mr. Waylon Jennings. And it's entitled, Are You Sure Hank Done It This Way? Are You Sure Hank Done It This Way? And the song is about Hank Williams, right? And Waylon was disgusted with the current country music scene in Nashville, Um, because they got really glitzy and glamory and, um, and it's the same old thing. It was the same old formula. And so in this song, he lamented, are you sure Hank done it this way? And the lyrics go like this, Lord, it's the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. We need to change. Somebody told me when I came to Nashville, son, you finally got it made. Old Hank made it here. We're all sure you will, but I don't think Hank done it this way. No, I don't think Hank done it this way. And it goes on. One of my favorite lyrics is this one. Ten years on the road, making one night stand. Speeding my young life away. Tell me one more time, just so I'll understand. Are you sure Hank done it this way? Lord, I've been... Lord, I've seen the world with a five-piece band looking at the backside of me. Isn't that just something? He's the front guy, and the band's just looking at the backside of him. Singing my songs, one of his now and then, but I don't think Hank done it this way. So the song is a lament, a lament, a lament, of uh, the, way, the way it should be, and it wasn't um, like that anymore. So I said all of that stuff, I said all this that stuff to say this, Well, are you sure Jesus would have done it that way? Are you sure Jesus would have done it that way? And I do know that, well, John Wesley and George Whitfield, the two founders of Methodism, which turns out to be the Methodist church, right? Methodism. These two great men of God, these these scholars, these preachers, these pastors, these evangelists, these um biblical godly men developed Methodism. It was a way a, a a way to study the scriptures methodically. They had a method. And over the years, the Methodist Church is not what it used to be. So I don't think I don't think John Wesley would have done it this way. And I don't think George Whitfield would have done it this way. And so I noticed in my local news, my Mesquite, Nevada local news, that there is a Halloween carnival put on by the United Methodist Church. Yes. And in the flyer, right here in the paper, is a big drawing of a jack-o'-lantern with a scary face. And coming out of it is a black cat. Yes. And it says Halloween Carnival Mesquite United Methodist Church. And it gives the address. And it's on October 31st from four to six. I just don't think Hank would have done it that way. I don't think Hank would have done it that way. And I certainly know George Whitfield, John Wesley wouldn't have done it that way. And I can guarantee you Jesus wouldn't have done it, done it that way. He would not have combined occult, pagan, dark witchcraft with his church. So let's hear a little Waylon talk about it. Lord, it's the same. shiny cars it's been the same way for years we need to change i don't think john wesley would have done it that way somebody told me when i came to nation when i first came to salvation son, you finally got it made oh mm. No, I don't think Hank done it that way. I don't think he done it this way. Jesus didn't do it that way either. No Halloween carnivals for the Son of God. No. And, uh, yeah, so I think I kind of proved my point there. A little something. A little wailing, kind of saying it the way it is about uh, country music. I use the same song about modern day Christianity. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay. Why are millennials, why are millennials ditching religion for witchcraft and astrology? Hmm. I wonder why. Because I don't think Hank done it that way. I don't think Christ done it that way. John Wesley, George Whitefield didn't do it that way. Charles Spurgeon didn't do it that way. Yeah, today's modern day church, they do it that way. They be doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Mixing, occultism, dark arts, witchcraft, you name it, into their quote unquote church of God, bride of Christ, more like a bride of Frankenstein, bride of Satan. And they're losing the battle, society's falling apart, no morals nothing for people to hang on to no truth truth is relative because in large part the church of lucifer so far so called the the church of god has failed failed miserably failed miserably to train and equip uh those people that would thus sit under them that's why millennials are ditching religion for witchcraft and astro- astrology Except for witchcraft and astrology, are religions. But anyway, we won't argue the fine points of this. There are people who formed a uh, an astrology app called CoStar, mm-hmm. and they say that when they meet people these days, the first question that comes up in the conversation isn't where you live or what do you do, but what's your sign? So they're kind of harking back to the 70s and 60s and 70s again, where everybody was asking what your sign was. So in this article from Market Watch, it says so many millennials read their horoscopes every day and believe them. It's good reference point to identify and place people in the world. This is what Lane says, a gal named Coco Lane And she's involved in a number of non-religious spiritual practices. Hmm, what does that mean? Interest in spirituality has been booming in recent years, folks. While interest in religion, okay, what religion? Christianity. Interest in religion plummets, especially among millennials. Now, a lot of these young people, as annoying as they can be sometimes, a lot of them aren't stupid. And they see right through the systems. And so they can see the Methodist church holding a Halloween carnival. And they say to themselves, even if they can't quite put their finger on why, but they know something's wrong. And they say to themselves, I don't think Hank would have done it that way. They know there's BS in it. And so it's booming. They're leaving traditional religions. They're leaving traditional churches. And the majority of Mexicans, the majority of Americans, I don't know about Mexicans. I haven't, I haven't polled all the Mexicans. Um, I know I'm one and I don't believe this, but the majority of Americans now believe that it's not necessary to believe in God or to have good morals. And that comes from a study from Pew Research Center. Yeah the percentage of people between the ages of 18 and 29 who never doubt existence of God, it fell from 81% in 2007 to 67% in 2012. Uh, Pretty startling statistics. So it's going down, folks. People are not believing in the traditional Christian values or... Um, the the message that the church was supposed to bring about the the good news and gospel of Jesus Christ and eternal life, which they failed to do because they're just entertaining and um, taking money, I I guess. I I don't even know what their purpose is anymore. Meanwhile, more than half of young adults in the US believe astrology is a science and it's not. Astronomy is. Astrology is not a science. But they believe that more than half compared to less than 8% of the Chinese public, which shows that they're smarter. The psychic services industry, which includes astrology, aura reading, medianship, tarot card reading, and palmistry, among other metaphysical services, it grew, folks, 2% between 2011 and 2016. It's now worth more than $2 billion annually. And that comes from an analysis from IBIS world. These these people are doing research on it. There's big money in it. There's an increase in the occult. And I don't think Hank would have done it that way. And I know Jesus wouldn't have done it that way. There's a gal named Melissa Jane. She owns a Brooklyn-based metaphysical boutique called Catland. And she said she's seen a major uptick in interest. uh, I'm sorry, uptick not boutique or uptique, uptick. She's seen a major uptick in interest in the occult in the past five years, especially among New Yorkers mm, that are in their 20s. And so her store offers these great workshops, fantastic, like Witchcraft 101, Astrology 101, and a spirit seance. Mm. She goes on and says, whether it be spell casting, tarot, Astrology, meditation, and trance or herbalism. These traditions offer tangible ways for people to enact change in their lives. You get that? People want change. They don't like where they're at, who they are, what, what what's going on around them. They want change. In order to enact the change, they're turning to tarot cards, astrology, meditation, seances. Why? Why? Because the change that can happen in their life through the gospel, through through the eternal salvation offered them, is not preached to them, it's not declared to them, and it's certainly not shown to them. I mean, who could blame these young people? If I didn't know better, I'd be in the same the same situation. I was in the same situation. I was very much into shamanism. 10 or plus years ago. And I thought I was still a Christian. I believed I was a Christian. It just was something else that added to it. I was spiritual, right? So she goes on and she says, for a generation that grew up in a world of big industry, environmental destruction, large and oppressive governments and toxic social structures, all of which seem too big to change, this can be incredibly attractive. So you get it, folks. People are attracted to this. They want change. They want change. Um, so if we're not showing that, if we're not living that, if we're not displaying that, where people say, um, you know, what is it that, that you have? What makes you tick? Well, they're going to go and find other stuff. Now, this, this gal has some good insight, I think. She says it's very different from the way we usually work and live and date, where everything is hyper-mediated and rational. There's a belief vacuum. We go from work to a bar to dinner and a date with no semblance of meaning. Astrology is a way out of it, a way of putting yourself in the context of thousands of years of history and the universe. Wow. So this uh, this company called CoStar, it's an app. The servers were so overwhelmed by demand after it first launched on October 12th, the app itself crashed three times in the first week. Oh yeah. Uh, this is big business. Do I need to go on? Do I need to go on? Astrology isn't the only thing that's on demand. There's, um, let's see. There's a mystic box that's sold, which has a subscription, which includes crystals, reiki or reiki infused bath salts, incense customized to the unique energy of the current moon cycle, all for 15 bucks a month. She says she's seen a 75% increase in her audience in the past year. 75%. I wish I had a 75% increase in my audience. In the past year. I wish I had a seventy-five percent increase in uh in book sales on Demons in My Marriage Bed, A True Story of Spiritual Warfare. I would, I would, I that would thrill me to I just I would love that. Um but obviously I'm not offering the 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 way out, I guess. I don't know. When I started my journey in 2010, I was the weirdo, this gal says. Now it's becoming more and more normalized and i believe it's because more people are looking to heal millennials are much more open minded so it depends on you know what you know what they want to heal with anyway it's a pretty startling article and are they to blame i mean uh, are millennials just stupid is that why they're doing this no they're not they're not stupid they they see through the systems they see through the game they're they see all the hypocrisy when i was 13 years old when I was 13 years old, I ran away from home. And the reason why I ran away from home, this is a true story. The reason why I ran away from home is because of the hypocrisy I saw in the church. I was 13 years old. My parents made me go to church. I was raised in church since I was four years old. I had to go. I wasn't saved. I never. Heard, I didn't even know who Christ was. I mean, you know what I mean. I, I didn't know I, it was just some empty religion. I I didn't know why I had to be there. And when when I saw the hypocrisy in the church, and when I'm talking about hypocrisy as a young man, I saw the the um, church organist who was the sister of the church choir director have an affair with her brother in law, who was like on the board of the church. And they, and they're both married, obviously, and they took off and ran off together. And uh, I saw all kinds of stuff. I saw the pastor bring in some, way back then, I saw a pastor bring in some gay guy and because he was making money in these revivals and he was gay as a $2 bill. I remember the first time I saw him, I was 13 years old. I asked my dad, is that a woman or a man? And I wasn't kidding. I didn't know if it was a woman or a man. It was a Dude. Very effeminate dude. Gay as a $2 bill running revival. I saw all this stuff. I saw this stuff. So my, my hatred for modern day organized religion is not anything new. It stems back from when I was a kid. So I can understand why millennials go somewhere else. I did too. I did too. I didn't actually get saved till I was 15 really saved. And that's because I actually heard the gospel of Christ from a real pastor, a real preacher and um, not at that church, obviously somewhere else. And I got saved when I was fifteen. It didn't last long because Satan kind of came and um, tempted me. And um, once I fell, in three years, I I didn't regain myself for for another thirty years. I lived in a backslidden condition. But um, yeah, so I can understand that. Like I said before, I you know I considered myself a self made shaman. I was into all this stuff. I loved the the occult metaphysical stuff. But I can tell you stories, what I used to do at work, you know, to get favor or promotions or something like that. You know, I had a little bit of my dad's grave and a sachet and a little, you know, uh coyote tooth. Oh, and a Masonic emblem in it. I made my own little medicine bags and I'd, I'd hold those in my pocket and touch them as I gave a presentation or talked to people. You know, I was, uh, <clears throat> I was into magic, but I thought I was a Christian. I really did. Anyway. So y'all know the story of 2006, how I really got saved. Yeah. And that's in the book. And I don't have a 75% increase. So go figure. Go figure. Maybe I need to sell bath salts. Uh, okay. Let's, let's do some love on the rocks. Love on the rocks. Just love this song. No surprise. Uh, Sergi. Sergi Santos. He's got some love on the rocks. He's got nothing to lose, so he's singing the blues. Sergi Santos is the sex robot inventor. You know what he says? He will soon have a child with his robot, Samantha. Okay. Love on the rocks. His wife, Martisa Mataki I, I have a hard time believing that's her real name. Martisa Mataki She previously said Samantha had improved their marriage. Sergi believes sex robot use. human weddings will be happening within a generation. Now, the time. this is this article's in um, International Business Time. International Business Times under Weird World. <clears throat> but this guy is getting a lot of publicity every week there's an article about sex robots from this guy's company he's the same guy that has a brothel somewhere in england the uk or something so is is, this is the agenda is it just to put it in our face to normalize it so he's no longer the weirdo i mean there's always been weirdos but now it's like the front page really on international business times Poor Neil Diamond He knew what it was about Have love on the rocks Well, Sergi apparently He doesn't know Sergi Santos He's the inventor of one of the world's first sex robots He claims he's not far away From being able to have a baby With one of his creations You know what I mean? Do you see how you cannot help but mock A fool like this? Are you serious? He thinks rocks. people will be getting married to their automatic lovers within in a generation. No he previously revealed that his sex... Robot. Named Samantha. Oh, she moans and groans when he touches her in the blues, right places. Good so Lord. He claims that it improved his marriage of 16 Bobby years Bobby. to his wife and fellow designer, Martisa Kisimitake. Kisamataki? Really? Okay. But... Just a might not be so relaxed about the prospect of her he promiscuous surprise. scientist breeding with his silicone seductress. That's Can what I they wrote. So anyway, this guy, Sergi, Sergi, let lose. me tell you something about Sergi. Sergi has a direct connection to Lucifer. It's from All Satan's time. lips to Sergi's ears. And Lucifer has taught him how to make these um, humanoid silicone bodies this perversion this is a lot like uh, in the days of Noah yeah his vision of a sex robot baby now he gets this right from Lucifer Satan they're one of the same Satan Lucifer same guy Satanists hate that that's why I like to say it because they are same guy Satan ugly Satan ugly Lucifer same guy He's a liar. Father of all lies. Santos' vision of sex robot baby involves merge the robot's personality and physical traits with his own. His own attributes. He's going to merge him in a computer. Right? This little program he's going to create. And then he's going to create their child's brain and body that can be born in a 3D printer. That's his idea of birth. Right? Right? Let's go back to the garden. Let's go back to the serpent and the Eve. Oh, the God said you can't eat Love at the fruit. I've He won't die. No he knows that the day you eat, your eyes will be open. And you'll be like all us. You'll dream. become his gods. It's right from the start. Pour me a drink I and I'll tell you some lies. So you just Love on the rocks. So Sergi says to create a child with this robot, it would be extremely simple. I would make an algorithm of what I personally believe about these concepts and then shuffle it with what she thinks and then 3D print it. (laughs) So this guy's a nut. This guy is completely um, off the rails. That's it. I 3D print the robot. That is a child of me and the robot. I don't see any complications, he said. Uh, the article says if he's right, it will open up a huge ethical questions about um the rights of sex robot children and the meaning of what is to be human in a 21st century. What what rights? There, it's, not, it's a It's a computer. It's a silicone doll. They're not children. What are you talking about? The inventor is confident that the shock with which people have greeted the first generation of sex robots will be replaced by an acceptance of their place in civil society. And that's exactly what he's going for. That's exactly what they want. All right. So, thank you, Neil, for the love on the rocks. Says it all. Um, now seriously. He, this guy's a nut, but he does. He has a direct link from Satan's lips to his ears. Guys like this... People like this, uh, even the uh, the the other people that are uh, starting the witchcraft app, they have a direct pipeline, okay? So they, they no longer need just little, you know, demonic whispers and dreams and stuff. They have a direct pipeline. And they, they get downloaded this technology. They get downloaded this information. And it's all designed to deceive humankind into the ultimate deception, to fade away from... The real truth. And so when it all ends, a just and righteous God has no choice but to carry out his just edicts. And that's a sad thing. Fallen angels, Lucifer, Satan, demons, they're not our friends. They hate us. So many people, they just can't see this. But take a short commercial break, and then we're going to talk about Ken and Barbie. Ken and Barbie. I think they're one and the same now. You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. Kapow is sponsored by Fifth Hook Media, a digital publisher of eBooks. FifthHookMedia.com has a selection of eBooks about spiritual warfare and Christian living. Visit FifthHookMedia.com. That's F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K Media.com. Remember, that's FifthHookMedia.com. F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K. Kapow! What's up, yo? <laughs> I like it. (laughs) I'm done, you. Demons in My Marriage Bed from all online digital retailers, such as Amazon.com, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. Please do not be fooled that such things cannot happen to you. Rather, get prepared and become the spiritual warrior needed to overcome in these perilous times in which we all live. Kapow! Kapow, kapow, kapow. Do you remember this guy? Rodrigo Alves. Probably not. You don't recognize the name, but I know... You'd recognize a face. He's the dude who spent like half a million dollars so far. He's only like, I don't know, 27 years old. He spent like half a million dollars already to look like Ken. He's like a the human Ken doll. Really, really creepy dude. Really, really creepy dude. And he uh, he got famous because of this. And you know, I mean, you know what he's doing to get money, right? I don't have to tell you how he gets his money. <sighs> to have all these surgeries. There's some sick sick people out there. Anyway, this guy has his own uh, reality show now or he's part of a a reality show where they do where they actually make fun of uh, these people who do a lot of plastic surgeries on this show. He's one of them. Plastic dolls or whatever. Just a real creepy dude. Um on our Facebook page Fifth Hook Media, on this article, just pictures of him. And there's a picture of him before he had all the surgery. And he still looks creepy, even as a somewhat normal-looking dude. And then when he has all the surgery, the dude's really creepy. Anyway, he, wants to look, he wanted to look like a human Ken doll, so he had all kinds of stuff. But now, folks, he's, uh, he's spending a whole lot more money now to become a human Barbie as he reveals plans to live as a woman. So he, uh, he didn't want to be himself, so he wanted to live as Ken, Ken doll, and now he wants to live as Barbie. Continue on. So direct pipeline or not. You think this guy just woke up with his ideas? How about his his fame? Um, just because he's talented? Just because he's uh, so good looking as Ken? How about his fame? Where did that come from? Who gives fame in the world? Who gives success in the world? Worldly standards, success, money, fame, version. you know, all that, all that stuff. We all know about the pedophilia. We all know about the sexual assaults that are coming alive, you know, right now with the, uh, you know, producers of Hollywood and all that nonsense. Been casting couch, been going on for years, but now, like, oh wow, right? What, what's what's the agenda behind all this? Deception, destruction of of human, of real humanity. This guy spent. All kinds of money, 20 grand or something like that to feminize his hairline so he can live as Barbie. That's right. I said he was 27 or 28. He's 34. He's aged a little bit. Rodrigo Alves. He went to Beverly Hills to get uh, some hair restoration done at a Los Angeles clinic. This will be his 59th surgery and it's going to allow him to live as a woman. That's right. Uh, They call him a TV star because he has his own show or he's part of that show. He spent more than half a million dollars on procedures. He's had nose jobs, silicone chest implants, eight-pack abs, and more. Not six-pack, 8 packs. He's 34 years old. He's from London. He's going to slowly modify his appearance um, because he doesn't want to do everything at once like Caitlyn Jenner did. So he says that he has hair loss from all the medication and surgeries. He doesn't think he's young anymore. He's 34. And so uh, he starts producing hormones that are triggering his hair loss, he thinks. So he will be having 3,000 single hairs implanted over six hours, follicle by follicle, from the sides of his noggin into his hairline. And then he's going to have stem cells injected in there. Wow. Wow. And so then he will be uh, transforming to a, a Barbie because he wants to make his hairline lower, make it fuller. And he says, "I love this." He says, uh, "I'm not. I'm. I'm happy looking how I am for the moment, but I don't want to age, looking as a plastic modified man. I want the best best of both worlds." Well, son, son, you already look like a plastic modified man. You look like a freak. Yeah. Well, here's the show he's on. It's called Plastics of Hollywood. And the show follows real life cartoons, dolls, surgery addicts, as they work for a talent agency. (laughs) The basic shows, it's a freak show to watch this guy. So anyway, that's the good news for the day. He is um, trying to uh, convert his looks from Ken to Barbie. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, more stupid people. This is from fastcompany.com. It's not about Elon Musk. Elon Musk is actually worried about people who talk of AI gods, little g gods, artificial intelligent gods, we already uh, talked about Sergi, the nut, who wants to have sex robot babies with his robot. He wants to implant his thoughts and his personality into a computer algorithm and then use his sex robot's computer algorithms and mix them together for a little pitiophile uh, baby, silicone baby. It uh, It gets nuttier. So anyway, Elon Musk is—he's um, not promoting this; he's actually against this. He tweeted his alarm in response to a Venture Beat article about the possibility of an artificial intelligence god emerging by 2042. And this is from CNBC. Now, folks, really, this is this is really something else. This uh, particular thing I'm going to read to you. When you look at uh, Satan's agenda, moving people away from truth, from salvation, from, uh, uh, moving away from an eternal life or an eternal death. Bring to eternal death because uh, the the hatreds are unbelievable. And it's just the God of the world. Like the Bible says has blinded people. So, you know, I didn't see it either. You know, I can't blame people. They, They can't see it. Um, how are they going to see it unless one shows you the way? Unless they're listening to Freedom Friday and go, huh, that's an alternative narrative. Maybe I'll give this uh, Jesus a chance, the real biblical Jesus a chance, and see uh, See if you can meet that uh, that need I have in my heart. One of the people featured in the article was Anthony Lewandowski. Anthony Lewandowski. This dude is Google's... Yes, he works for Google. He is Google's self-driving car engineer. Okay, so he's a big guy in the Google world, in the tech world, Anthony Lewandowski. Now check this out. This guy has established a non religious organization. What does that mean? He's tax exempt just like churches are 501 three he's tax exempt under a nonprofit religious organization and he has established it and you know what he calls it way of the future let me let me remind you early christians were called the way the way because jesus christ said i am the way the truth And the life, and no man comes to the Father, except through me. I'm the way. So early Christians in Judea were called members of the way by the Jews. By those Jews had rejected Christ as a Messiah, called those people members of the way. Because they believed their way was a way to God. So this man establishes a nonprofit religious organization called Way of the Future. You get it? That's a good dot. That's a good connection. And here's what he says. Sit down for this one. He says, Way of the Future's mission statement is, this is quotes, to develop and promote the realization of a Godhead, capital G, Godhead, based on artificial intelligence and through understanding and worship of the capital G, Godhead, contribute to the betterment of society. Holy 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 mother of feathery Buddha. Are you serious? Anthony Lewandowski an engineer, heading Google self-driving car crap business, has established him a religious organization called Way of the Future. And I'm going to read it to you one more time so it sinks in. The mission statement folks is to develop and promote the realization of a Godhead based on artificial intelligence and through understanding and worship of the Godhead contribute to the betterment of society. From Lucifer's lips to this guy's ears from Lucifer's lips to this guy's ears. He didn't just wake up one day and decide, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to call it way of the future. Man, then you don't want to talk about blasphemy. You can all day long, but this guy's serious. He wants to make artificial intelligence, a God, a godhead, and he wants to worship it. And he was allowed to, a nonprofit religious status, tax-exempt status. That should just irk every taxpayer's hide because it irks mine. Now, Elon Musk, who's weird in his own right, is having nothing to do with it. He tweeted a link to the article with the words, on the list of people who should absolutely not be allowed to develop digital superintelligence. Ah, <sighs> so obviously Elon knows something about this dude that we don't, but the point of my commentary on this is the religious organization that wants to make a Godhead out of artificial intelligence and worship it. And Sergi over there, he wants to make a love doll. His God, he has made his love doll his God, his silicone doll that he put a computer chip in because it moans and groans when he touches her. Everybody loves that. So he, he's made that his his God, his goddess, his worship, and now he wants to have children with it. Just like a temple prostitute. Just like a homosexual temple prostitute. <sighs> crazy. It's crazy. Okay. One more folks while we're talking about blasphemy and it's, it's coming more and more, right? Have you seen it? Have you seen the attack more and more on true biblical Christianity? It it does. They just destroy everything that might have any semblance of it or anything like that. I mean, come on. Right. Why is it? Why is it that aliens always talk about Jesus? Have you noticed this demons? Oh, demons know so much about Jesus. That's all they talk about. They never talk about Buddha or Mohammed or these other clowns. They only talk about Jesus. Why is that? Would They, make, they should make everybody suspicious. That, huh, huh. <laughs> Maybe there's something to this why they're trying to deceive us. This is from the college fix. Kent State, Kent State. Hmm, they're scratching their beards on, on whether telling someone you need Jesus is hate speech. What, 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 what? Did I hear that right, brother? Capel? You heard it right. From my lips to your ears. Telling someone you need Jesus might be hate speech. According to Kent State. Basically, this whole show is hor- hate speech to them, right? Right. That's why I don't have a 75% increase. I'm not of the world. Campus office created a poster and once again i have this on the facebook page we want to see it it's called uh, free speech or hate speech it's a little poster and there's these little stick figures and they're holding signs they're, they're like little protesters or whatever and they're all holding signs so on the left it's green and then it's diagonally slashed and on the right it's red this little poster and this one little stick figure has a sign that says no more gays and next to him is a little sticks figure with his little fist up and in the back, there's, there's one holding up a sign that says, women need to serve their man, right? And on the right of the poster, the stick figure up front says, build a wall. Ooh, well, what hate? who's saying that hate speech? Oh, the president of the United States. Oh yeah. And then right, <laughs> now these stick figures behind build a wall, they don't have their fists up in the air. They're just kind of standing around. And right behind him, is another sign someone's holding up a sign it says, You need Jesus. <laughs> and so the whole poster is saying, Free speech or hate speech? You need Jesus. Build a wall. You need Jesus. No more gays. Women need to serve their men. Yeah. So a Christian student leader is demanding an apology after a poster distributed by Kent State University asked, if stating you need Jesus could qualify as hate speech. The Public University Center for Student Involvement created and circulated the poster last week. It was designed to promote an event on free speech. Issues as is part of Kent State's Kit Talks, which are intended to provide a, I kid you not, folks, a safe place for discussions and transformational experience. Experiences for our student bodies and promote civil discourse oh unless you unless you think we should build a wall or unless you think someone does need Jesus, or unless you think there should be no more gays just assaulting me with their lifestyle like <laughs> women need to serve their man well, since, since when has that been a a thing? What has that been a thing where men walk around going, Women, you need to serve me? And, and that happens. What is this, nineteen thirty? My goodness. The public university center for student involvement. They're the ones who started all this. And uh like I, I, I read to you, like the, the 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 poster has all these messages on it, free speech or hate speech, you know, and has all this stuff and it has the you need Jesus thing on it. So Jared Small, he's president of the Campus Ministry International student organization. He told the college fix that the poster was inappropriate. And he wanted the uh, university to apologize because it appears to be targeted towards one political and religious side. That's true. Build the wall. There's only one guy that's saying that. Build the wall. There's only one guy saying that. So free speech or hate speech, they're saying that what Trump is saying is hate speech and also Uh, Anybody who says you need Jesus is hate speech. You get it? You, You see where all this is going. And it's just going every day like a juggernaut towards destruction. So this guy, Jared, continues. He says, they could have included hate speech against President Trump or hate speech against Christians as examples. In my opinion, free speech protects hate speech to an extent. However, the university appears to show a bias against Christians and conservatives. Oh, yeah, he's right. There wasn't hate speech against Trump. Like Kathy Griffin, that demon-possessed little twit. You know? That idiot. Have you heard that she's now on the outs with her uh, attorney? Gloria Allred's daughter was her attorney. She's on the outs with her. She can't get along with anybody because she's totally insane. The woman's a nutcase, but she can cut off Trump's head, right? In a photo shoot, that ain't hate speech, and they didn't include hate speech against Trump or hate speech against Christians, no. So he later he later clarified he was speaking personally, not for his organization. Ooh, he got in trouble. Ooh, Jared. Jared, you can't say stuff like that. You know, as a because cause, cause we're Christian organizations and it's gonna ruin our, our status and our money and our ability to get stuff. You Jared, you've got to compromise with the world, Jared. So he says, I'm speaking personally not for my organization. Well if the organization is called Campus Ministry International. Stand up and grow a set, grow a pair. Stand up for what's right. Back Jared up, man. Well, Professor Amy Reynolds, she's the dean of Kent State's College of Communication and Information. So she's really smart. And she's the one who moderated last week's Kent Talks panel. Uh, They had a discussion on free speech. And here's what she told the fix in an email. She said, I have no involvement in creating the poster for the event. The Center for Student Involvement created all the promotional materials. I'm not sure what the process is or was. Um, um, But you could have said something. Couldn't you, professor? Couldn't you have said, folks, before you start promoting something like this, you need to kind of think things out. Why don't you think this through? Well, they don't care about thinking it through. Yeah. The... Uh, the executive director of Kent State Media Relations. They didn't respond to repeated inquiries about this by the College Fix. They just ignored it. And uh, these other people, Christian Dolan, Kristen Dolan, and Rick Daniels, who are the assistant director and assistant dean of the Center for Student Involvement, they ignored the College Fix also. So rather than, rather than let you have free speech and ask us questions about our free speech, we're just gonna just ignore you because we're all one, all unity, unity. I think Kent State sucks. So this person, Jacob Brown, he's the president of the Catholic Student Association, he implied the posters were likely to refer to the hellfire preachers who visit campus twice or so a year. Really, Mr. Catholic, Mr. Uh, Mister, I serve friggin' statues as gods. I eat Jesus literally in transubstantiation. I serve a friggin' demonic Luciferian organization led by a demonic antichrist poop. This is your this is your Catholic friggin' response. It's likely to refer to hellfire preachers who visit campus twice a year, not not Catholics or other Christians. He says, "Do I think it constitutes hate speech? No. Should the university apologize? No." He says. He says nobody wants to be told you're going to hell. Bingo! Ding 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 ding. There it is. Nobody wants to be told the truth. The naked emperor without any clothes. Oh, you look great. You look fabulous. I love what you're wearing. And he's naked as a jaybird walking around going straight to hell. Nobody, you know what? They're going to hell for eternity. That's a big thing. They have to be told that. That's a big thing. You have a choice. But not Mr. Brown from the Catholic Student Association. Mr. Uh, Mr. Pidiophilia Religious uh, Backer Upper. Oh yeah, I love Catholic priests. They love little boys. They loved on me when I was a little boy. He says, as a leader of a religious student organization, I put my face in my palm every time I see this religious protest, which echoes the zealousness of Jesus in challenging the money changers in the temple. But check this out. But also comes across as tasteless and without empathy. Wow. So this Catholic boy, this Catholic creep, He just puts his face in his palms every time he sees Bible-believing pastors and Christians, you know, uh, preaching on hellfire, preaching to tell the truth. He he, he can't take it. And then he says, he says, "I, I, I see them, you know, they're preaching with zealousness, like Jesus challenging the money changers in the temple, Right? So that's bad what Jesus did, according to, to Brown, Catholic Brown. He says, but also comes across as tasteless and without empathy because Jesus didn't have any taste and Jesus didn't have any empathy either when he overturned all the money changers and he, any, 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 he braided a whip and he then kicked them all out. And he says, you will not make my father's house, a den of thieves. Oh, Jesus you didn't have any empathy for those money changers. Oh Jesus! You were tasteless. Well, what God does? What God does a student guy? What, what does? What God does Catholic Brown serve? Huh? Brown urged students to understand the intentions of the protesting preachers, even if their message delivery is controversial. He says they share this with you because they believe it is in your best interest. He said. I feel few students stop to consider this perspective. They believe it's in your best interest, but Brown knows better because he's a Catholic. Christian students should be also welcome the challenge of responding to those who accuse them of hate speech because a person's convictions are useless in a vacuum, he says. Sharing your ideas with those who agree with you isn't testing validity. It's just increasing popularity. Embrace the trial by fire, he said. This guy... Wow, little Catholic nut bucket. Notably absent from the potential hate speech slogans on the poster is a prominent example from Kent State's recent history. Check this out. In 2011, an associate professor of history named Julio Cesar Pino, he drew condemnation from campus leaders, students, and faculty when he shouted death to Israel at a Muslim Israeli diplomat named Ishmael Galdi, who was speaking on campus. Julio Cesar Pino jumped up and said, death to Israel. (sighs) But that wasn't included in the sign. That's okay. Yeah. All right. And I think that's it. I mean I don't know how much <laughs> how much we need to see here. It's going down very quickly. So we'll talk to you later. You guys have a good weekend. Good night.